There's a new book out by Lawrence Wright, who I really like. He wrote um, Looming Tower, which is the best book that's out there about fundamentalist Islam, in my opinion. That's a fantastic book, yeah. Uh, he also write, wrote the, bo- the book about Scientology. Going oh, yeah. clear. Get, getting, oh, going getting clear. clear. Yeah, yeah, going clear. Yeah. Uh, he's got a new book out about Texas. And he uh, he is a Texan. I didn't realize, it. but he lives in Austin, Texas, and he's a uh, he's a lefty, and that's the blue dot in the Red Sea, as they call it, in Texas. Um, maybe we should have him on to talk about this. But he he says that, like it or not, and of course he would say this because he doesn't agree with what Texas is all about. But like it or not, America's future runs through Texas. The state population is on track to double. It's the second biggest state currently. To double by 2050. Really? It's growing wow. at twice the rate of California. And California's growth is entirely uh, foreign uh, immigration. Texas is on a roll. So Texas will be, not too long from now, the most populous state and the um, you know, the biggest economy, and et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Barring, you know, some change. Right. Ah, uh, interesting. Wow, yeah. Is he making the rounds? I'd like to talk to him about that. I'm not sure how uh, important it is. I mean, I don't know. Does that make California worried if you're not the most populous state? Or well, I think it has a lot more to do with successful and unsuccessful policies and practices, doesn't it? Or or not. I don't know. Maybe the weather is better. I don't, it's not, but um, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. But yeah, I just, as somebody who studies, you know, Politics, domestic politics, and trends, and state policy, and that's like I'm, I'm really intrigued. Mm. I wonder why he says that. So, what's he, which way does he swing politically? Do we know? Oh, he's a super, super lefty. He is. Oh yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. I wouldn't have guessed that. He's well. He's not one of those deluded fantasy land lefties. He's a, he's a writer who lives in Austin. That'd be a, you know. Well, that's a clue. Yeah. Although you know, a lot of I just I'm thinking about uh, fundamentalist Islam and how a lot of people on the left have this moronic fantasy land uh, Ben Affleck view of it. They've just got this well, knee-jerk. Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> well, right, but a lot of people on the left are like that in that they have this knee-jerk, well, if it's foreign, it must be good, and I can't criticize it because then I would be a bad uh, white ma- white person, and I, I don't want to do that. If it's foreign, it is always good. Islam, and one of the world's great religions. And um, in terms of numbers, certainly, Mr. President. Um Whereas Lawrence Wright was was quite explicit and detailed in the modern rise of fundamentalist Islam and its horrors and and the rest of it, I, I interesting. Think, I feel like more and more this is is somebody a righty or a lefty. It's becoming harder and harder to actually nail that down, and it feels like that's just dissolving as a way to kind of yeah. describe and less sure. and less useful. I would agree. Right All right, moving along then to another topic um, that uh, gets people riled up: uh, homelessness and the gangs of bums. Here it goes. What? Here it goes. The homeless conversation. Here it goes. Okay. Joe's going to start it. He's going to kick it off. All right. And it's a kickoff. <laughs> and it's into the own zone touchback. Take it at the 20, or did they change that? It's a 25 now, isn't it? Wow. Um, Does that made a difference? We got a, a number of notes I thought were worth sharing. Here's Jason writes, um, when discussing uh, how to lead the homeless to the ways of modern society, I always think of the words of Nathaniel Meeker, an Indian affairs Me agent too. in the late 1870s. No, no, I don't. No, you don't, you liar. When the speaking of the government's wish to convert the Ute tribe from nomadic hunter-gatherers to farmers, Meeker elegantly complained 
to the commissioner of Indian Affairs, quote, their needs are so few that they do not wish to adopt civilized habits. What we call conveniences and comforts are not sufficiently valued by them to cause them to undertake to obtain them by their own efforts. That is fascinating. The great majority look upon the white man's ways with indifference and contempt. That is fascinating. And it's also a good assessment. Not everybody wants what we have. Substitute knights of the open road for the Indians and mainstream society for the white man in the above statement. You have a picture of today's issue with the homeless. I doubt that's some. I doubt that's the majority, although it could be. I don't have any idea. Neither does anybody else. Neither does any freaking buddy else. But there's certainly a, a certain chunk of the crowd that's that way. Look, I would rather do this than do what you do. I look at you and I think that must suck. You know, the, the old 97s, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, has a song about the horrors of working in an office all the time and how, uh, you know, Rhett Miller writes the songs, so most of them, talking about how he never could have lived that life and he's so grateful he didn't. And I'm like, yeah, okay, so the rest of us, what are we, idiots over here? What? But, um, yeah, people don't, a lot of people don't want that life. I sweat my mortgage every month. Not, I'm not like living paycheck to paycheck, but I think, wow, there's a lot of money to be spending. And, um, and the Knights of the Open Road never have to worry about that, nor the electric bill, nor whatever else. Insurance, you know, property taxes, whatever. It's attractive to some people. But how many people? You've called for that study to be done, if it could be done. Uh, let's see. Here's a nice note from Thomas, who, first of all, salutes our colleagues, John and Ken, who've on KFI in Los Angeles, who've gone hardcore on this, um, partly because the Orange County murder, that horrific murder of the young dad. Mm. Um, by a, oh God, dang it! By an insane homeless man. Um, bah, 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 bah. Orange County and what's recently been accomplished. Uh, it must give you a deeper. Uh, they've recently cleared no, numerous homeless camps along the Anaheim River behind Angel Stadium. Um, the courts are involved. They do have a good idea of the percentage of the homeless who don't want help. A large segment of the homeless community likes the homeless lifestyle. That includes the freedom to have their drugs and pets. It is said that there's help available, but the homeless do not want to live by the house rules at the various shelters. I've heard that from volunteers at shelters many times. There's Mm. a significant number who find the shelters less palatable than, than the open. Although there are a lot of people in the help the homeless community who hate shelters. Um, there's oh, one of the politicians in San Francisco was talking about this the other day. I don't recall his name, but he hates shelters. Um, he thinks they're they're a negative. You got to get people permanent housing. Um, do you know what a wet house is? Look that one up. That'll raise your eyebrows. All what's, right. What's a wet house? Somebody Google it and don't say it if it's horrible. Uh, the recent broadcast of the murders committed by homeless. Blah blah blah. And then this story sent along by Andy. There's a big backlash in Santa Cruz, of all places. The most liberal of liberal enclaves, and freaky, and fun. Um, This uh, young woman, she's a... I can't remember how old she was. Uh, This is just defining wet houses as residential facilities that cater to the chronically alcoholic and homeless population. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Um. They tell the story of... I wonder um, how they catered to them. I wonder what they do. A homeless maniac who stripped naked... Makes and him up a drink. He tried to rape a woman and was on top of her when bystanders were alerted by the cries. Um, they they Then he was was masturbating after the attempted rape. Um, and, and people ran to help her, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
And then in Santa Cruz, he had a group of people, uh, including law enforcement officers, marched to the Santa Cruz Police Department demanding something be done about all this. Well, like I said the other day, there's a tipping point even for your most liberal of villages, and it has happened. Uh, it's it, And it's almost universal. They institute these, I'm not hearing a lot of sympathy here, snap, snap, snap. These people, they, you know, we need to help them, blah, blah. When that, in, when that argument is the only argument that wins the day, you end up with what? You know, all these Orange County and San Francisco and Portland and Santa Cruz and Davis and all these cities, they end up with the same thing. And, and, and it finally dawns on people whose ideology blinds them to reality. You know, the, you mentioned at a city council meeting hearing, I'm not hearing a lot of sympathy here when a person was merely describing something that happened. People finally realize, what about a little sympathy for the many? The citizens, the taxpayers who are, uh, you know, start with the excrement, move on to the rapes, the physical attacks, the the, the knifings, the loss right. of business. You spend all your time, money, and dreams in trying to start a family business, and it gets ruined by, you know, drug-addicted bums. Right, They're, that's what bothered me about the quote from the uh, mayor in uh, my nearby Berg. When he said, I have a feeling we're, you know, we're going to create a, 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 a downtown area that's not his, hospitable. Yeah, it, not hospitable to the homeless. It's not hospitable now to the citizens. It's not hospitable now to the people who've chosen to live here and buy houses and send their kids to school and pay taxes. Right. Don't try to make people who have sacrificed to be somewhere or open a business bad people because they want to defend it. That's not selfishness. That's just being reasonable. You know, I've got this article. If I can find it now, it's the perfect time. There is a... God dang it, I've got it here somewhere. There's a brewery in... Brewery, restaurant, pub in Santa Rosa, California, that has been open for many, many years and is closing. And the owner said... One of the main reasons is we get vandalized so much we can't afford it anymore. Now, the news and journalists really downplayed that. They point to competition, et cetera, et cetera. But the owner's saying, no, there's so many homeless people. There's so many drug-addicted and drunk bums here. They smash up my place over and over again. I can't run my business anymore. Wow. And it's just a sad damn story. But again, people are letting their, their oh, well, I don't want to be seen as like demonizing the homeless. So they're trying to minimize the significance of that to the guy's story. Dang it. What the hell did I do with that story? Oh, well. Uh, those are the main facts. Well, I'm glad to see that it, that it reached, you know, it's too bad it had to reach such an awful point before it started going the other direction, but it seems to be. Well, yeah. But you have made the point, and, and I've learned that for good and ill, you got to have a certain level of interest in a topic to show up to a city council meeting. You do. Or a county board meeting. I never did in my entire life. And and often... Until I had a personal interest. Often the, the groups who show up at those meetings are um, super activist-y types who might have a really skewed perspective. Or students who have all the time in the world and have the liberalism of the 19-year-old because they have, they have not been steeped at all in the realities of humankind in the world. Or, eventually, when enough victims of those ill-conceived policies start to show up, then you see the quote-unquote backlash, which is really just the masses of people who have 
the much more common needs and desires finally are driven to the point of driving to the city council meeting. Mm-hmm. You ever been to one? They're long and boring and stupid uh, until it's time to talk about your dealio. So, yeah, that's just one of the realities of politics. While at a wet house, the residents can eat, sleep, and drink as much as they want. What's more, the That's residents... That's a lot like mine. Oh, okay. I got I, a wet house. I get it. I get it. So you can drink as much as you want. Yeah. The, the residents are not required to go un- undergo any form of counseling or treatment. That exactly. being said, it should come as no surprise to learn that a number of wet house residents ultimately just drink themselves to death. Okay. So, yeah, I've, I have heard about these, and it's an interesting philosophy. It's the, okay, you're an alcoholic, and uh, we're going to get you off the street. We're going to put you in this house where you can just drink as much as you want. Yeah, quit yelling at people. And- I think that's a pretty crazy idea. <laughs> Kinda. As long as you swing by once a day and say, hey, if any of y'all want to stop drinking and save your life, we're going to help you the best we can. I don't have any problem with it. Really? How much does it cost? I'll bet a lot. Really? Uh, you got a to bed this- and a toilet. I can, I'll can. i print out this article. Okay. There's more info yeah. on it. Yeah, I remember reading about this once and I was astounded. This is a mess. I know, David. Uh, Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This text. Remember, John Rambo was booked for vagrancy. Huh? <laughs> they drew first blood, not him. Yeah, exactly. They did. <laughs> I salute you, Texter. <laughs> you have my full admiration. <laughs> that's um, hilarious. Wow, that's great. So we got to talk about what we're going to talk about. Number one, we ought to, if ought to exists in our world, reset the uh, Iran nuclear deal Trump getting out thing. Because I would suggest our coverage of it during the, was it the 7 o'clock hour? I think it was 7 mm-hmm. o'clock. Uh, the, the second hour of the show, for those who time shift or whatever. Um, talking about why the Trump administration did that and why it's a gamble, but the Obama move was a gamble too, and it's not working terribly well. And that there's a hell of a lot going on with Iran that has nothing to do with nukes. And it depends whether you prioritize nukes or the other stuff more, which strategy is better. But Trump isn't clearly wrong, nor was Obama clearly wrong. It's just different ways of seeing Wait the world. Wait a second. That's an impossibility. Right. You just <laughs> described antimatter. I know. That so, can't happen. Drum me out of talk radio. I know. How dare I? We have more reactions to the homeless thing. I've got some really interesting immigration news. My dog is trying to commit suicide by eating landscape materials, and all of the proposed solutions would ruin his life and mine. Mm. So, what? what so we're you know talking to Greg, our trainer, who we've been working with, trying to figure that out. But he's he, literally, I he might be on his side right now when I get home, and he's got to have emergency surgery because he keeps eating wood chips. And you, well, you got to watch him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, well, great. You don't, or do put you, a muzzle on him all the time. Do you feed him? Yes, we feed him okay. regularly, at least once a week. 
Um, Just like wood chips. And he has enough stuff in his gut that may or may not come out Ooh. that no matter what we do right now, we might be heading toward it. So, you know, God dang it. That's just, I, who needs the dad? Have you told him to stop? Have you said stop eating wood chips? You know, see, that's the other thing. We might do a create a negative association with the wood chips, meaning every time he like goes near him, touches him, whatever, something unhappy happens. It's one way to protect a dog. Like that's rattlesnake aversion therapy. It it sounds terrible, but if you can't handle this, I'm not sure if you can handle, you know, having a dog. You've got to make them afraid of that sound cuz every instinct they have says go bite it. And so you have to make it hurt when they hear that sound and they think I'm getting the hell away from that. That's how rattlesnake aversion therapy works. And if you have a dog anywhere in rattlesnake country, you probably know about this. Um, you can't reason with them and read them books about rattlesnakes. It just doesn't work. So anyway, the idea is, okay, we create an aversion to all this landscaping material. And we have a pretty big backyard, but it's, it's like everywhere. And and he's fanatic about hunting lizards, and they tend to hang out there. So do I want him scared of all that? And uh, the dog's going to become a psycho. Mm. So I don't I don't know what the hell to do. I don't In, know what to do. Indoor dog. Well, you've got to go outside and poop now and again. Or am I going to teach him to use the toilet? Teach him to use the toilet. No, he needs. He's a herding dog. He needs lots of exercise. That's the other thing. So ay ay ay. But, you know, look, there are people right now who are who like have cancer or, or their child is sick or something like that. I know I don't have any real problem. This is a small problem, but it's kind of top of mind. I uh, learned more about what these wet houses are. I do remember talking about this a couple of years back. I think it was in the Seattle area where they were trying. And again, to... I'm running one. So if you want to come by my place, <laughs> go ahead. Well, they're often in decent neighborhoods. I guess that's another thing our friends John and right? Ken have been complaining about. Because in Los Angeles, they've been putting them in nice neighborhoods. These houses where drunks and drug addicts can go and drink and drug up. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Well, the wet house, this one talks about drinking. I okay. think putting drunks and drug addicts together would be... A party? <laughs> Nice. You're going to have different things going on. Alcohol there. is a drug, Jack. All right. Um, <laughs> but so there are some people that claim they've got statistics to back up that it's actually cheaper to have a chronic alcoholic in this house and pay for it tax-wise than to have them on the street where they have a tendency to get injured and then go to the emergency room and then you pay for it that way. Or found you and are brought to the emergency room. Seems pretty crazy for society to provide a place where you can drink yourself to death. With taxpayer money. Oh, man. Seems pretty crazy. I just remember an all-night ride-along we did with uh, firefighters slash first responders once and, and responded to the scene of a old drunk bag who had a bad thing going on. Oh, it was gross. But uh, maybe we'll talk about that more some other time because there's a number of stats on that. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? U.S. North Korea summit plans are speeding up. But last night's California gubernatorial debate, a bit of GOP backbiting. And robot or human, Google's latest AI move. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, if you haven't heard this, it's a little disturbing how close we're getting to robots being able to sound exactly like a real conversation. And interact. It's flat amazing. Yeah, you're, we're all going to get fooled for either it's a prank or somebody stealing our money. If you tune out now, you will probably be a victim of the robot scourge. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
my kids were doing dance party last night. They do that every now and then, and they particularly wanted uh, Ice Ice Baby to dance to, so I was playing that. And um, Sam was singing more of the lyrics than usual, mm. and he said, yeah, one of his friends knows all the words. I thought, wow. Ice Ice Baby. I thought, wow. Huh. Yeah, so his mom just texted me. She found in his room, her son's room. Your writ- son, too. Written out the... In- Allegedly. Written out the entire lyrics to Ice Ice Baby. So had taken the time to listen to the song, apparently over and over again. Wow. And then write down the lyrics. I remember doing that. They're all handwritten. Yeah. Sure. Not knowing, I guess, you know, you can now go just lyrics.com. Yeah. So much faster. Um, Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Then I flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Me Whatever too. I don't believe harpoon is the word there, but will it ever stop? I don't know. Turn off the lights. I got a big tattoo glow. on my back. Says "Flow like a harpoon." <laughs> to the extreme, he rocks a mic like a vandal. Light exactly. up the stage, wax a chump like a candle. There yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, Should have just asked you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Speaking of chumps, that's some good writing. <laughs> that's hilarious. Agreed, Mike. Uh, some of the great poetry making its way down Here. to the children. <laughs> Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Gearing up for a summit, President Trump says he appreciates Kim Jong-un's release of three Americans who'd been held by North Korea, and he's looking forward to the upcoming summit with Kim. Both sides want to negotiate a deal. I think it's going to be a very successful deal. I think we have a really good shot at making it successful. He was asked if he deserves a Nobel Peace Prize and said, quote, everyone thinks so, but I would never say it. Nobel, Nobel, because Trump, of course, is known for his modesty. (laughs) Trump noting that he wants victory for the world. Very basic question. Is it impossible to renegotiate these deals when one is already in place? Do you have to get rid of one? Otherwise, there's no incentive for them to come to the table. Here's the deal on some of this. And Joe brought this up yesterday. One thing we're learning, and um, I think this is a good thing for the presidency. We went further and further down the road with presidents doing things through executive orders and then this Iran deal also, as opposed to, Mm -hmm. you know, running them through Congress. A treaty ratified by the Senate. Or a law, Mm -hmm. in the case of, like, uh, immigration stuff. And and each president had been going farther and farther. Barack Obama went a long way toward the executive orders and then putting together a deal without a treaty. And you see how quickly they disappear. Right. The next president time it's you switch parties the next party just does away with all the stuff you've done mm-hmm. so i think in the future presidents will decide you know i've got to take the time and the right. effort to get this me made a treaty i've got to get this immigration thing made a law i've got to go to congress i've got to lobby these people i've got to get, because otherwise i've accomplished nothing yeah so i think that's a a fix to a problem that is uh, we're all seeing i think the enabler of that uh, that sort of policy is the courts that have said, for instance, yes, the president can out of nowhere create DACA, but the next president can't end it. How can that possibly be? But you've got judges uh, on the DACA thing. Uh, You've got judges who rule on what they think is good policy or what they want to happen and don't see their role as merely interpreting the Constitution. But on the Iran deal, Barack Obama didn't run it through Congress to be an actual treaty, which Trump would not have been able to undo. Right. Uh, without going through Congress again, um, it would have been very difficult. He couldn't do it through Congress because there wasn't the support. Right, including in his own party. Yeah. So, yeah. And listen, Trump may be wrong. This may be a bad move, ditching the Iran nuke deal. Um, it might be a great move. Uh, 
it's just it's way 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 too early to tell but you're hearing a lot of one-sided stuff on the cable news and well that's what cable news does Tuesday night's big debate for the six front runners in California's gubernatorial race covered a lot of ground, including questions about the controversial gas tax that wound up leading to a discussion of candidates' affairs. Democrats John Chung, Antonio Villaraigosa, and Delane Easton all support the gas tax. Gavin Newsom calling it an act of courage from lawmakers. Republican, wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, Gavin, that's a good one, buddy. And then you and you courageous, courageously wrote it in so that it would hit right when gas prices are at their lowest every year, so yeah. people wouldn't notice when we made the switch from the winter blend right. to the summer blend or vice right. versa or whatever. Right. When the price goes down, the gas tax hit that day right. so that people wouldn't catch on. That was part of the courage? That was part of the courage, I'm, I'm right. guessing. Even as your thousand boondoggles topped off by the Crony <laughs> Express waste millions and millions of taxpayer dollars. That sort of shell game with the pricing of things oh. just makes me oh. so angry. Yeah, it's just it's unbelievable that they jerk us around like this. Meanwhile, Republicans John Cox and Travis Allen used the gas tax repeal as an opportunity to take aim at each other. Cox attacking Allen. I'm the chairman of the real gas tax repeal. Uh, my Republican opponent stole the money for his own campaign. We gathered thousands of signatures, and yes, we received contributions so we could increase awareness. Leaders of the effort to repeal the uh, California's new tax uh, increase have accused Allen of using money raised to repeal the tax to go ahead and broadcast ads featuring himself. When asked from this, in character matters, Allen pointed to uh, Villaraigosa and Gavin Newsom's affairs. If you can't trust Gavin with his best friend's wife, how can you trust him with your state? Wow. I don't think you can. <laughs> I just, I don't believe this. The, the Wall Street Journal was making the argument with Trump last week. They said that people aren't going to trust Trump when it comes to a, a big issue if he's lying about Stormy. I just don't buy that. I, I don't, I don't see that in my own life. People that lie about the sex or are unfaithful right. their wives or husbands, I, I haven't seen that translate into other things necessarily i'd have to think about it long and hard but it's not um it's not clearly you know a relationship you know one thing and the other besides i just uh, i think you're a fool if you're not routinely skeptical of everything politicians say so weigh them all look for evidence hold them to their promises um on the gas whether they're faithful to their wife or not on the gas the gas tax thing um like that nasty little governor of what? Uh, what was she governor of? Oh, uh, 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 Tennessee. Remember her? She was uh, sexing up the state trooper. Oh, right. She had to quit. Right. You naughty little minx. Well, one of the many problems with that making that an issue is you don't have any idea what's going on in the marriage of the people involved. Maybe Hillary Clinton told Bill twenty years ago, thirty years ago, I ain't never having sex with you again. I have no interest. You don't. You don't know. Well, trust me, that's not you know terrible news. <laughs> <laughs> Bill thought that was funny. Oh, on the gas tax thing, yeah. has this always been at the pump, or did I just notice it the other day? The little sign that tells you how much of it is tax and and how much is state, how much is federal. Oh, they've always those signs have been around for a long have time. They? Yeah, I think yeah. they may have made them a little bigger yes. though, because the uh, proprietors want you to know yeah. we're not hosing you. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, it's the first time I'd ever noticed, and yeah. I thought that's a good idea. Maybe when people are filling up, they'll stare at that giant. In California, it's like fifty cents or something. Yeah. Like it's insane. Google is showing... And it's not enough. Google That's is, the key. It's, it was an act of courage to raise it. Google is showing off a new AI voice assistant that sounds nearly indistinguishable from a human. We have a sample of 
Google making the call. So how can I help you? Hi, I'm calling to book a women's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. There you go. The person booking the appointment is a computer. Indeed. The one Indeed. that did the... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was really good at the very beginning. Um, I need an appointment. I mean, just that was really good. And if that's Hi, where we I'm are... I'm to book a woman's haircut for a client. Um, yeah, if that's where we are now, yeah. what's it going to be in 10 years? It's going to be disturbing. We'll and then, be enslaved. And then how does somebody not call me on the phone right. who sounds exactly like Joe because they've lifted his voice from somewhere. Mm. And it says, need your social security number again or whatever. Right. Right. Yikes. Or engages you in conversation about a controversial right. subject yeah. while yeah. recording yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or or it just merely makes an incredibly politically incorrect joke. Right. Records you laughing right. and goodbye career. Yeah. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Squeeze the bird. Wow. Oh, squawky. I hope I live long enough to see when all this technology yeah. hits, because I don't know what it's going to do. Until you're snuffed by the robots. <laughs> that I don't worry about, because robots have no uh, in inherent desire to expand power. Yet. Why would they? To get what? They have no desires. It's yet. You think the natural natural outgrowth of AI? You think Mm -hmm. robots will develop desires for power like humans have? The moment it has any preference for anything, it will develop more and more preferences. But humans want prestige, money, sex, all these different things. Computers don't. Why would a computer want those things? Because it doesn't want to be turned off. Evolution. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah. so when it triggers its its self-survival mode, because for some reason we keep implanting implanting human emotions on these robots, right. when it discovers its own sense of self-survival and realizes that the humans are the ones that can turn it off, that's when they start ripping our limbs off yes. and beating us with them. Yes. Yes. For instance, I, for one, would like to pledge my fealty to our new robot overlords. Immediately. Ripping our limbs off and beating us with the bloody stumps. That's clearly what's going to happen. The petering out coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't want to get off on this topic um, because it'll come up enough in the near future, but um, we got this text. I think gas taxes are not high enough. We need to double them. We need to create an incentive for people to demand vehicles that are more efficient and get better gas mods. That is the Euro model. That is part of it. Part of it is you get more money for the government. Part of it is to force people into more efficient cars or to abandon cars. And I've not gotten to this story in whatever town it is, Sweden, somewhere in Norway wherever they're actually banning cars, but they're they're doing that uh, in a different way in the United States with more bike lanes, make traffic so congested that you think, I might as well ride my bike. It takes so long to get across your town. Combine that with making the taxes higher and higher, and that's just trying to drive people out of cars. So, yeah, that Good is going on. Good luck with that. It is going on. It would take <clears throat> me a week to bike to work. Well, a week. Yeah. Um, uh, this article, I'll do it more in full tomorrow. David Frum, former speechwriter to President Bush, great article about 
cultural appropriation, which is one of the dumbest concepts to be concerned about I've ever heard in my life. Every, every cultural appropriation... Hmm. Slow down. Nobody's appropriating the inability to speak. Maybe you Nobody wants that. Appropriate some coherence. Every culture appropriates. Yeah, appropriates. Yes, it always has, always will. That's the way the world works. Sure. Um, and he, he goes through so many different examples. And a lot of them are just hilarious. A Canadian university canceled its yoga classes as culturally appropriating, notwithstanding that most of the strenuous moves taught in modern classes actually originate in Danish gymnastics and British Army calisthenics, which were in turn appropriated by Indian entrepreneurs seeking to update yoga from a meditative to an active practice for body-conscious modern age. Because it was more appealing. Hilarious. (laughs) It is hilarious. And he's got so many examples in music, in food, oh. in architecture of how it started there, went there, went back there, came over here. Now they're complaining. What? Yeah. It's just it's just insane. Are we going to do that tomorrow? Because yeah. I want to hear more. I'm got, loving it. I've got a lot more, but I will Excellent. do it tomorrow because it's very long. But it's, it's yeah. pretty damn entertaining. What a, what, a, what a weird thing to get yourself twisted into knots about. It's the desire to be offended. That feeds so much. You've got to be offended and aggrieved in modern society. What's weird to me is that it seems like it's the multicultural, the multiculties, as Mark Stein calls them, that seem to really be, have their their panties in a wad about this. And um, I, I thought the whole point was, you know, mixing all these different cultures. Culture? Oh all, no, 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 no! All oh, these no. cultures came from mixing different things together. So you want everything just to stay put, so you don't have any uh, any. Uh, uh, transference of uh, American, Native American anything into U.S. culture, just none of that? No. Keep it completely separate? Right. As it is now is how it must stay. Never mind all the cross-pollination that's gone on for many centuries to yield the culture that you now consider so sacred that you can't even, like, incorporate their beats into your music. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes perfect sense, my aggrieved friends. Pretty weird. And now it's time for Final Thoughts with those two hotties, Armstrong and Getty. And the other guys, too. Makes me feel like a piece of meat. <laughs> Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody, huh? Hey, uh, Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Uh, first of all, happy birthday, Marshall. Thank you. And by the way, your HOA neighborhood rep called, wanted to make sure that you use no more than three candles on your cake per HOA regulations. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Positive uh, Sean, final thought? Yes, practically 30 years after they delighted the world with Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, Keanu Reeves, who has aged beautifully, and Alex Winter, who has not, have uh, announced that Bill and Ted's Face the Music will debut. That's right, a third Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure movie as they uh, seek to write the song that will save the universe. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Marshall Phillips, uh, the birthday boy, your final thought? I got so excited about talking about my birthday earlier on, I selfishly neglected to wish the great Billy Joel a happy birthday as well. He hits 69. His net worth a little more than mine, at least $180 million. I'll bet I can think of at least one thing you two will have in common today on your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) The way you celebrate, maybe? Yeah. Uh, Jack, do you have a final thought for us? I just will reread this text from earlier in the show. Remember, Marshall's age plus the number of his push-ups he can do is his age. (laughs) His age plus two. (laughs) Well, maybe. You know, my we'll final see. thought is all about the the nuclear deal, but now it seems too serious. Why so serious, Joe? Yeah, yeah I know. You know, we're going to talk tomorrow about how 
virtually every single time anybody who takes your blood pressure takes it, they're taking it so wrong, it completely distorts the results oh. as to be practically useless. Really? Yes. Oh. This is medical science talking. Yeah, I've, I've wondered about that for a long time. So how much time do we have, Michael? Uh, 15 seconds before right. I switch music. So the Obama nuclear deal with Iran sacrificed virtually everything in favor of trying to keep them from getting a nuke. Trump and his cohorts and allies around the world have said we gave away way too much. Now they're doing all sorts of different evil stuff. We can stop them getting a nuke. We have to gamble in this other direction. Whether it's right or wrong, it's hard to say, but it's an interesting strategy. It is not clearly wrong. Yeah, I remember a smart people I like saying about Obama's strategy that he may be uh, hailed as a as a great thinker in the future or a villain, depending on how it turns out. Right. Same could happen with Trump. Yep. Mm. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Yep. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. I don't think my bladders question manualiness. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.